This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. We're going to do a panel with Pastor JR and Grace and myself, and that wasn't planned until about 4.30 today. Um, I had a teaching planned, which probably some of my stuff will come out in our discussion, but one of the things that I know about and so is God is training us to, to have his heart in the moment not just have his heart for biblical truth, for doctrine, for how he's guiding our lives personally, but then in the moment, what is he saying to us here? And I don't normally get to go out to chats anymore. I pray with the worship team and and the sound people and so forth, but I got to go out there. So today it's almost like he's shaking some things up and not to disrupt anything, but to impart things, to to bless us, to guide us. And so I encourage you, even as this evening progresses and we have our discussions and, and share, what God once taught tonight will be taught. But one of the things we're learning in so is not everything is in the box. You know, like we think teaching and here's how the word should be taught. And yet God says, I know how to come in your back door. You know, the one that, you know, the front door, sometimes we keep closed to certain things. So God says, well, I can get in. If there's a crack in a window or even a crack in the wall. You know, we had a mouse at our house one time, and that thing got in the tiniest little crack. God's kind of like that. He can get in the tiniest. If there's one little space, he's coming in. So I want to encourage you all, as we talk tonight, um, we actually, even this, and I love this kind of stuff, because we were just, Grace was trying to be alone by herself in the admin foyer. You know, at the end of the day, she's been in here probably since the crack of dawn, and um, she's out there sitting there with her Bible and stuff and just being alone, and then I walk out there. And I was just going to say hi and then go back to my office, but I plopped down on the sofa, and then J.R. wanders through. And in our conversation, because all day I had my teaching, but from yesterday to today, I just kept feeling like it's not going to go the way I think. And so we get to talking, and I'm like, oh, this is it, the three of us having a conversation in truth with you guys, because you get to be in the conversation with us, um, sort of. (laughs) But then again, who knows what God's going to do, right? Um, So I hope you enjoy this. I hope you receive. Let God come in whatever door or window he wants to. And, um, you know, sometimes I've got things to say that won't come out of my mouth. And I got a feeling that's what tonight is. It ain't going to all come out my mouth. So what I do want to um, sort of recap is the last, um, we had Kevin teaching last week and went right along with what I had done the two previous weeks before, but what God had laid on my heart was the previous weeks was foundational truths, you know, faith, like what do we really trust? Where do we put our trust? What are we really truly, you know, in Christian circles we would say convicted of, but it's really just convinced of. What am I really, really convinced of? Most of what I'm convinced of at this point in my life is God's truth, but there are a few little places that still need some work because there's some other convincing that is still not maybe the fullest sense of light in life, right? I mean, you guys would probably say the same thing. And so we looked at faith the first week that I taught, and then we looked at thoughts. And because whatever you're really convinced of, is what's painting pictures in your brain. Whatever you look at the most in your brain, these thoughts, you're going to speak. So that's kind of what I want to go into tonight, because when we were talking in the, the um, lobby area, we were talking about the really living life thing. You know, we all live life differently, even though probably every one of us in this room are Christians. We don't live out our Christian life the same way, right? Would you guys agree with that? We have different ways. We have a, just like natural children have a different relationship with their parents. We each have a different relationship with Father God. So we're kind of going to hit some of those things. So that's all I wanted to um, recap is that as we're talking about speaking and confession and expressing and, and really living out our life, check how you live your life. If you've got things that you see that you really don't like, then you may get some pointers from tonight. Because if I've got stuff going on out here that's creepy, you know, and kind of funky, stinky, it might be because there's some stuff happening in here. And we don't want to go into condemnation over that. I always say that, no condemnation. 
You know, anything that's going on in here, a seed was planted. And sometimes they're creepy seeds that we've been trained to receive. And I'm going to say this. Yes, I am. Sometimes we've been trained to receive creepy seed in church. Yeah. Yeah. You guys' mics are on, right? Because you can say so true into the mic, too. So true. Yeah. Like, seriously, we've, some things we've learned in our upbringing, some things we learned in our, you know, I spent a lot of time in the world, so, you know, I learned some creepy things out there. But anyways, we're, we're just going to go ahead and, um, because this hasn't been planned, it's not scripted. Can you live with non-scripted stuff coming out of our hearts? Seriously, I ask questions like that because some of you know us and have known us for decades or years, and so you trust us. And if you're new and you, you don't quite know, just take a deep breath and you'll know in here. Okay? Um, so the first, I just want to bring out a scripture first um, to sort of, you know, I love me a diving board. And the word of God is the main diving board or should be the main diving board on planet earth. Okay, so Matthew twelve thirty four from the Passion Translation. Okay, no condemnation before I read the verse. How can your words be good and trustworthy if you are rotten within? Oh, well. <laughs> well. Or we talked about it in chats, evil, natural. You know, if your thinking is just kind of normal like everybody else in the world. For what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. It will be. And um, in the Greek, in, in the New Testament, the word confession is homologeo, and it's to say the same thing as. And, you know, we can say the same thing as the world, or we can say the same thing as God. We can say the same thing maybe that we've been taught in church, thinking it's what God is saying. But if scripture is taught wrong, you know, I, was, I, was, I grew up being taught that God will teach you a lesson with sickness and disease. So you're taught, you're convinced by people in leadership that this is appropriate. And so you begin to expect it. And your conversation, your thoughts, your conversation, everything will begin to view what expresses out here like, oh, this is God. And, you know, sometimes that makes you feel like, I don't want to know him. I mean, or what good does it do to know him? So I want to hear you guys' thoughts even on this, just the the whole out of the abundance of the heart. Because that's how I heard it originally in the New King James, out of the abundance of the heart. I'm going to tell you all, there's a lot going on in here. And you might be that kind of person too. If you're a person that has a lot of interior stimulation and thoughts and meditations and you think on things, I'm a deep thinker. Well, now I'm learning to be a deep thinker with truth, not creepy stuff. But I spent many years with creepy stuff, pondering, rolling things around, which makes the out here life not cool. So... Okay, Pastor Barry used to make that illustration about out of abundance of heart you speak is that when the pressure is applied, then like the toothpaste, whatever comes out. But I think when whatever comes out, based on what comes out, we judge, oh, that was a holy thing, or we judge, oh, that is just absolute no-no, or, you know, I'm going to burn in like purgatory or hell or whatever. But... I don't think that wasn't actually was the point. The point is, what are you going to do about it? Uh, I think that's the key. I think being in this house for over, gee, whatever, yeah. Decades. (laughs) Almost three decades. Anyway, um, but you notice that as you um, meditate on the Word of God, that it sometimes it's, it feels like a monotonous exercise, but we meditate all the time. Like you, we all have like heard and said that, that um, you come to a point where you're running out of excuse. In other words, if you say something or you know, oh, that was not quite the way it should come out, then yeah. you just repent. In other words, just, okay. So but then one moment you repent and God doesn't even remember. You said that, you know. And it's that simple. Yeah. And, and then when you keep doing that, then before it even comes out of your mouth, your thought catches it. Yeah. And that's a great place to be. Yeah. 
that doesn't mean that you're doing that all the time and successfully. But just like it's like breathing, you just do it, right? Is it like, yeah. does that make sense? No, yeah. So, <laughs> out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's that's my. This passion's amazing, but sometimes I just need to hear it <laughs> the way I've always always heard it. I, I'm a um, I'm a thinker. I don't know if I'm a deep thinker, but I'm definitely. Uh, <laughs> A thinker. I'm not sure about the depth of it. But I'm also a verbal processor. Very much, he knows that very well. I'm a very verbal processor. That's how I find out how things are happening and all that. So when I take that scripture and and run it through me as a thinker and a verbal processor, when my mouth speaks, my heart listens, and it helps me locate myself. You know what I mean? I locate what I've been feeding on. I locate what I've been observing. I locate what I've been pondering and deeping, thinking maybe deeply on. You know what I mean? And when I'm, when I'm pondering and thinking on the, the right things, when my mouth opens, the right things come out. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, all right, cool. But then we're going down a good road. You know, when I think about things that aren't good, which happened the other day because of some some personal things that happened to to some of us around. All of a sudden, my mouth started spewing stuff, and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! This is not me. This is this is really not this is really not me. I, I'm I'm no, I'm not like this." So I settled myself down, and I went back to thinking, and I started verbally processing out loud with God what was going on. So 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 truly, how the abundance of my heart came out, but it came out through a verbal process that helped me get my mind renewed to what the truth was. Does that make some kind of sense? You know what I mean? Is it it just verbal? I love verbal processors. I can listen and I can have input and it's just good. But verbal processing is good when it comes to out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's amazing what you can figure out when that works. Yeah. Because when you say verbal processing, I mean, it's just a comment or a question. Can that be like a prayer too, you know, like mm, when you're yeah. alone? That's good. And you're so frustrated that you don't want to like really talk to a person, but you sit in a room. Mm-hmm. You just want to process verbally. Yeah. But all you have is, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and maybe a few angels. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, everybody. So what happens in that setting will remain that setting yeah. and forever, yeah. you know, whoever is going to keep the... Right. Hold the peace about it. But I think that is very helpful because even when you look at Psalm, because when I, I remember the times I went through, the moment I could, yeah, most recently, when I had like a huge loss in my life, I just, I remember I cannot listen to any teaching or anything else. I just need to process it. So you go into this place, you're however the place that you go into, and then mine would be a certain place in the house, and I just sit there, and then you verbally process uh-huh. with uh-huh. God. And, uh-huh. and that does help. And it's like the book of Psalms, you know. I think David complained a lot before God. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end, he ended up praying to God and thanking God and praising right. He verbal process. Yeah. Yes, he was yeah. verbal process. And with yeah. a good voice probably with singing, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> Like Matt. <laughs> yeah. The, the trick is, is just having the word of God on the inside yeah. of you, hanging around people that have the word of the God on, word of God on the inside of them. Yeah. It, it's really like, like right now we're verbal processing what we're talking, yeah. we're talking about. And, it, mm-hmm. and it's just a real good example of how when you're verbally processing out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and you say it out loud. Someone else hears it. Someone else speaks out of it what it means to them. Right. And it's crazy how the answer will just come. The answer, yeah. the answer is just, it's just there. But if Grace and I decided we were going to shut up tonight and let Kathy just have it, then we wouldn't see the benefit of verbally yeah. processing with God. Yeah. You see, so it's just important to do it right. and do, to do it with him. But yeah. you got to get your thinking straight. If, you're not, if you don't have your thinking based on who we are as sons and daughters, then your thinking's all screwed up. So then your verbal processing is going to be, going to be yeah. screwed up. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. step one, step two, step, step three. Yeah, and I think even just, you know, knowing that through our entire lives, 
we're learning this process. You know, you never stay the same age. Not spiritually, not naturally, but not naturally. Yeah, I mean, especially not spiritually, just stay the same age. But to, to know that the seasons of life, there have been times where I have felt more immature at one of the seasons of life that I may be in now, only because it's a different place. Like you said, you had loss. You walked through a place that you'd never gone through. So you were like a novice in that arena. And the beauty is that, you know, some of us verbally process out here, but I do believe that because speech is such a huge part of human communication, and even if someone is mute and not able to speak this way, they sign language. So speech is speech. Speech isn't just vocal because God spoke into existence, and yet God doesn't have vocal cords in a mouth. But he spoke. So I think there's even this broader picture of what communication is. Whatever is on the interior of us will be communicated out into our life. And we've talked the past few weeks, even when Kevin was teaching last week and shared story after story of how he walks with God in the spirit of truth. He he was communicating. He was processing out and sharing. And so we're building our lives. And that's been this teaching um, series or whatever that has been going on for the past month has been that life unfolds moment by moment. And I think it's beautiful that God made us all communicable, you know, a, with an ability and a desire to communicate. And, and I think if we can understand that some people process out here verbally, but all of us process verbally. There's conversation going on all the time. There's inside chatter. You know, like interior chatter. Anybody ever heard of interior chatter? You've got stuff going on inside. You know, you're talking about now when I do. You may not say it outward. Some of us do talk to ourselves out loud. You know, and sometimes I straighten myself out, out loud. I look at myself in the mirror or I'm just, you know. I'll tell myself, you, Kathy, you need to sit down and shut up, and you need to let the Holy Spirit stand up inside you and use your mouth right now. Um, but we're all speaking. We're all thinking things in a conversational pattern, okay? I mean, pictures are communication. So when you have a pattern, you got a train going down a path, and you believe life is going to unfold like this, there's a big old conversation happening there. So I think... Even the thought right now that we're building our lives, even when we come on Wednesday nights to sew and we explore what it is to live in truth, there are so many things that you can learn in church. But there are other aspects with with scriptural truth. You are not going to learn in a service or a school classroom in church or with other people. You're going to learn it on the path of life. You're going to learn even verbal processing or to be convinced of scripture. Even like that verse, there are certain verses that the more that I explore them out of the abundance of the heart, the more that I explore that, and it's been decades now, it really, even what you said, that it helps you locate yourself. You may be very mature in truth and go through a season where the toothpaste tube is being squeezed so stinking hard that you feel like you're going to lose your sanity. Anybody ever been there? I'm going to put both hands up. I'll go. <laughs> wow. I love telling this story, but I don't like telling the beginning part. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth spews sometimes. Yeah. One yeah. day I spewed. I spewed good. I mean, it was good. And I wasn't by myself. I wasn't in my truck. I was around people, people that I loved. I did it upright. Walked away and felt good about it in some ways. Got away for a little bit longer, sit down. I'm like, oh my God, I have never talked like that in a very long time. Just really felt terrible. I felt terrible about what I did. Guilt, all the stuff. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be a hero to these people. You know what I mean? I'm supposed to be somebody. So I was sitting there and God's like, go ask them to forgive you. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm somebody they look up to. How can I go say forgive me? no. I sat there a little bit longer, and he said this. He says, this is the best way for me to teach them how to understand forgiveness. Wow. I'm like, shoot, you're right, but no. (laughs) Sorry. So I sat there a little bit longer, sat there a little bit longer. I'm like, all right, let's go do it. (laughs) Walk back out to to where where I spewed, sat down, and like, hey, 
what I just done was wrong. I should have never done that. Please forgive me, blah, 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 blah. And it was beautiful. Uh-huh. It was a beautiful uh-huh. thing. And, and the friendship from that just grew. You know what I mean? And, and there came an understanding for them of what forgiveness was. But guess who really understood what forgiveness was? I really got an understanding uh-huh. of what forgiveness uh-huh was. So when you spew out of the abundance of the heart, there's still something that can that good can come out of it. You, right. you just, it's just it's just it's another yeah. opportunity there if you'll sit down and what did I do? I verbal process with God. Mm-hmm. One thing I learned with him, he doesn't change his mind much. I kept verbally processing it like why? What do you want me to do this for? And as I verbally processed, he gave me the understanding of forgiveness. But I but mm-hmm. even when I blew it, I took the time to spend with him. It's like, all right, I'm sorry, forgive me, but we had to go a little bit further. Sometimes he challenges us to go a little bit further. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bring another scripture because I think one of the things that is very detrimental in our walk is that feeling of regret like you can't retrieve a situation. Anybody ever feel that? You know, like you think, okay, I've done something so creepy and they know I'm a Christian and there's no way they're ever going to trust me again. There's no way they're ever going to really believe that I have anything to impart ever again. Um, And yet God doesn't waste anything. I love that about him. He doesn't waste anything, including our mistakes. Right. Including our mistakes. Because think about this. The just shall live by faith. The just stay alive by faith. The just stay enlivened by trusting God. So sometimes the greatest amount of our trust or faith in God can be released in really lousy situations where we, okay, forgive me for saying this, but shown our butts in a way that does not make us look like good people, Christ-filled people, anything like that, right? Maybe even not loving people because we have anger. But the Bible doesn't say don't be angry. The Bible says be angry and sin not. The Bible says be angry and don't separate from God. You know, sometimes when we're under the pressure in the toothpaste tube and we get squeezed, we've been pressurized, we've been taxed, um, maybe we've released a lot of energy in a particular season or situation, and we are so pressurized and maybe a little low on fuel. Been there? I mean, this past 15 months with a pandemic, a global pandemic, and then different things, and some of it, horrid loss. You know, we've had a loss here in this household recently that just, it aches. It still aches. I'm sitting here tonight. It aches. It aches. And so some of us squeeze, and something's going to come out. But God doesn't waste that. God used, like with your situation, he says, I'm going to show you something, and I'll bet you those relationships are better now than before you, you know, spewed. Because we are building our lives every moment. And if the moment that we have a conviction, you know, we sense, wow, I blew it, that is the most beautiful moment. Conviction is actually the, one of the greatest gifts because it proves the Holy Spirit is present inside of us. Right, the minute you get convinced, oh, I blew it, it shows that truth dwells within you. Right, there you go. It shows that the very spirit of truth himself is in unison and oneness with your heart and your mind. I mean, he's one with us inside. And so he says, okay, let me guide you now to retrace steps, take it and bring resurrection. And he'll bring it back to better than before. When we begin to live, because remember, this whole thing is our lives unfold moment by moment. When we're trusting God, every moment can be positive, even the bad ones. They unify us too. I mean, when you're in a deep, a, a deep loss, God will show you who's there for you, who's there with His Spirit. So I think you know that kind of a thing. Here's here's the scripture. Okay, Proverbs four twenty three. And yes, sorry, Jr. I'm using the Passion translation. So <laughs> no, I just felt I felt it. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flow the wellsprings of life. See, even in a, in a bad situation, you've blown it. Oh my gosh, I could put you all to shame and curl your hair with some of my blowing it's. I mean, I, I mean, there are people that are like not here anymore because of things I've done. So 
Yeah. And just, I'm not proud of it. I'm just saying God is faithful. So there's wellsprings from our life. When, when we realize we've done something wrong, the point is the, the way that we can guard our interior is say, what do I do now, God? What do I do now, God? In a moment where something unfortunate has transpired, that's the moment to take a deep breath, resist condemnation from the enemy, because God doesn't put condemnation. God never shames us. You see, God doesn't sow anything to us that he doesn't want to grow up and flow through us. That's very important to understand. If you don't get anything else tonight, you will get more because... My buds here are rich. But seriously, he's, he doesn't put shame, condemnation. He doesn't give ridicule. He doesn't try to embarrass us in public. He doesn't want people to see the ugliness in us. But when they do, he says, let me into the middle of it, and I'm going to show you some resurrection power. Okay, even when you go through uh, like really, you know, hard experience, and then how God um, restores and resurrects the the things that you hold dear dearly is, I'm sure it's different from person to person, but in my experience, it's almost like a paradox. You go through such a deep sense of loss, but at the same time, there are times like the support of joy just kind of spring up out of your spirit, and you question yourself, God, I don't think this is the time for me to laugh or enjoy certain things, but that's just me thinking. But he like eggs me on, okay, no, there's a whole lot more to look at and be grateful for and thankful for. And especially for the past, like, 15 months or 16 months, and we all gone through. I mean, it's like I think nobody can escape as long as you have breath in your body that we've gone through some traumatic experiences altogether. But all in all, that for me personally, I realized that God is just good. Yeah. He's so good. Mm-hmm. And, and in it, it, it makes you really appreciate your daily life, your, what you do every day. There's no such thing as what you do is just something you do. Like, it's not a, like a monotonous activity that you do every day. Because every day counts for not only yourself, but for your family and, and for everyone around you. You know, and when I look at my two grandchildren and and then and then they just being just beautiful children they can be and they have no comprehension. I mean they're 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 very they're infants, but I just love about what God brings healing through their existence. And it's just like, it's the same thing. And he's like saying, it's the same thing for you guys. And then I think sometimes, I think you mentioned something about the God redemptive power and the healing power. It always is there and exists. And, and, and even I thought about in my own experience, like that, you know, like that, what do you call it, that word, like the hindsight is already 2020. But that hindsight belongs to God, too. That actually, you know, he's the one who actually sees everything about your life. And so when, when JR said about forgiveness, I think the, when you go through a situation, such, such a hardship that you go through sometimes, like, the person that you really cannot really forgive is your own self. Right. But I think that's the, the place where you have to really, you know, forgive yourself because who died for you, Jesus did. Right, right. Yeah, so, and I remember talking to Pastor Kathy um, on constant basis maybe for the past couple of years was that I started seeing there are different ways that God defines miracles. Yes, yeah, we should raise the dead. You know, we should heal people. 
and all that. That's all given, and it is our covenant right, and we should do that. But the fact that you, you are able to appreciate life each day, that you are breathing, you are healthy, and you provide for, and all these things, those are like miracles. And then the fact that sometimes, the fact that, like you were saying, that you, you are able to guard by the, Holy, by the help of the Holy Spirit, guard your heart. So I'm not just guarding it for my own sake, but for me, as a grandmother, I'm guarding it for my children, yeah. right. my children's children, yeah. you know, and, and within that space of um, the processing with God, that God actually gives you the bird's eye view yeah. from eternity to eternity your life, you know, what you are built for. Like the Pastor Gavin's message has been that, like, God never wastes anything. Mm-mm. That pertains to your own life, you know. Yeah. So, this makes sense. I don't know. Oh yeah. yeah. So, there you go. Um, okay, I want to go to um, looking at how we take a thought because we looked at okay, trusting God, and then the thoughts that we have. And Jesus, um, he taught brilliantly about taking no thought because, you know, God does all these things for the birds. He takes care of nature. And so why would we worry? Okay. So you'll be happy with this, Jar. King James Version of Matthew 6, 31. Take no thought, saying. That was King James. New King James says, therefore, do not worry, saying. And I think if we can understand that we, we make a choice to either manifest faith or fear, by saying something, either internally or outwardly. We, we see a thought, there's maybe ponderings, maybe you've grown up around sickness and disease and believe, you know, as I did until I came here. Huh? Yeah, the abundance of the heart. Because something's been planted inside of us. You know, no condemnation. And, and this is what's beautiful, too. My parents didn't grow up and they grew up in a Christian environment, but not a spirit-filled Christian environment. So there was a lot of legalism. And so a lot of legalism was put in me. A lot of, um, you know, obedience does, there's blessing that follows obedience. Scripture says that, but the, the focus was not on relationship with God. The focus was on obeying God's laws. And the challenge is when you're a child, child what do children always ask? Well, why? How? What's the reason? I mean, they always want something that they can actually tangibly grab onto. And that's why I think it's so important in our circles that, that we teach things right from the heart of Jesus, because Jesus showed in human existence, Father God's heart, right? So he sat with his disciples teaching them the creepy stuff in life. You will take those thoughts by saying, you'll have conversations even with yourself, and you will accept maybe things about your own identity that are lies. You know, that you're, you're, if you don't obey all the scriptures, then you're just a dirty, icky person. You're just, I mean, we literally, our confession in the denomination I grew up in was we were simply sinners saved by grace. Now, in principle, I was, and then I was saved by grace. But once saved, God doesn't call me a sinner anymore. If he called me a sinner, I'd never be anything but that. Because when God says it, it is it. So God doesn't call his family, sinners. Are y'all with me? Because there's a lot of things we call ourselves that God would never call you. Like how I lived my young adult life. There were facts about my behaviors. God never called me those things. How would he have ever won me back? It's the goodness of God that draws man to change his mind and repent and turn and go the good way. So God's not going to sit and trash talk me to try and win me to himself. So when we have trash talk going on inside of us, that's where we need to not take the thought saying, oh, wow, I must be a worm of the dust. Oh, wow, I must be dirty. Oh, wow, I must be really naughty. Oh, wow, I must be really stupid. Oh, wow, I don't know enough of the Bible, so I guess I can't really live by faith. I mean, he's coming in those moments to build us up in faith. Are you all with me? Because this is so important. Go, I see the mic. Example. Example. Verbal processing, thinking, coming back yeah, to that again. Yeah. You verbal process what she just said. I'm sorry, you think about what she just said, and then you start verbal processing it about not being right. Don't come around me. I promise you. 
I did this just the other day. Someone come up to me and started talking terrible about themselves. This is what I said. Shut up. You're talking about my friend. Yeah. Ooh. I, I, I wouldn't allow you. I, I won't. I wouldn't allow anyone else to say about you what, what you, you said about yeah. you. So you need to stop because it's yeah. not the truth. Right. So another benefit of verbal processing. If you get around people that actually know what's right, people that will love you enough that will say that's not right. That's not right. I know you're hurting. I know you're in pain. You know, you, you kind of can be okay with that part. But what you're saying about yourself, I won't allow. You're my friend. You're my brother. You're, you're my sister. By doing that with other people, it has helped me with what I do about myself. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if it's good for you guys, it's got to be good for me right. too. You know? So I said, verbal, when you're a verbal processor and you realize the benefits of it, you can apply it to, to a whole lot of things. But, but taking thoughts, Captive is just is is interesting because back again I'm a thinker. Oh man, I can think something and think it. Oh, I can build oh, a whole it gets, story. Ooh, it gets big. Oh yeah, it's like the fishing story. It's like the fishing story. It gets bigger and it gets bigger the more I do it. Yep. But I'm very practical. I like to yeah. see things. I I don't do it as much anymore because I've kind of learned some different techniques. But but I recall not that long ago something which is heavy. It was just heavy and I couldn't get get past it. I couldn't. So I took it, put it on a piece of paper, carried it outside. I live in the country. Carried it outside, held it, looked at it, and burned it. Mm, I I burn it. Mm -hmm. So now whenever that thought passes my mind, I'm like, no, that thought's not there. I burned that thought. Not that that gets rid of it, but in my mind... It's like a parable. It gives me something to look at. It gives me something to hold on to. I didn't just bury it. I can go unbury it. I can't unburn it. You see what I'm saying? I can't unburn it. I can't go back and take those ashes and make it and make it what it was. So part of verbal processing to me when dealing with thoughts is like, help me, Father. Yeah. You verbal process with him. Help me. You know, I've said this probably too many times. It's a Kenneth Hagin saying, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody come to him and said, uh, um, please, please pray. I'll never have another evil thought. <gasps> Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> if you had that ministry, come, I'll lay hands on you. You'll never have another evil thought. I would be busy the rest of my life. <laughs> the wisdom of Kenneth Hagin, the wisdom of Kenneth Hagin. He said, he said, buddy, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let your evil thoughts make a nest in your head. Yeah. Let them fly by. And if you like the white knife, the bird flies over, shoot it. You know what I mean? If you, <laughs> seriously, sometimes I just need to see things. I'm right. not trying to be violent, but it just right. helps me that right. words are amazing. Words are good. But when I can take words and put them into something tangible and do with them what needs to happen with them, I do better. Mm-hmm. That's me. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I love your pictures because if we can really let, like I, I encourage people to get your own parables. You know, when Jesus taught parables in, in his day, they were his parables and they were parables that were understood in that day. And if we can, you know, again, I was raised in an environment that was very legalistic. So you were taught to just, you know, don't presume on the word of God. Don't, you know, almost like don't, don't get pictures. It's almost like we were not, we were taught to not envision anything any differently than it was culturally put in the Bible. Well, things in the Bible are biblical principles of truth. They're the spirit of truth. And some of the things happened culturally in that day, but the principles are timeless. And so it's very important that we, that you feel very free to get pictures from God because even in different cultures on this planet where Christianity is there, their culture will envision things differently. Okay, so it's important to get your own pictures. You know, like JR said, to you, some of his pictures might seem violent. To you, some of mine might seem too common. (laughs) I mean... You know, like, really? Like, it sounds like you live on the street or something. Well, it's my pictures. God communicates to me. Pastor Barry used to always say that if you want to communicate with an ant, you have to become an ant. And if you want to communicate with a human, you needed to become a human. God became a human. 
God took on human existence and his son lived with all the temptations that we do. So Jesus taught from his wealth, his interior, even his thoughts as he pondered and God came to him. And oh gosh, do I even say that? We have, I mean, okay, take your religious button and, and tick it off because Jesus himself said that in every way, shape, and form, he was tempted like us. So he had some things happen in his life daily as a human that he had to go back to God. And I believe because he went and prayed with him, he went and talked and had conversation with him. He verbally processed things that could divide him. Now, we know that scripture tells us he never separated. He never separated. But why? He depended on the father's wisdom and guidance. He didn't go into condemnation when a temptation came. He went to God. He didn't go into his own thinking and then build a belief structure of his identity being cruddy. Right? Okay. Um, so I want to take us back to just, and I'm, I think you guys will probably get some sparks on this one, but back to the fact that we're every moment of our existence, we're building our life. Every moment. So don't waste any moment. Like if you have, if you get convicted, don't waste the moment. Have an encounter with God. Run to the Father. You know, I love it with little children and my grandchildren do the same thing. If a little child is gets curious and gets hurt or even emotionally hurt or something, they go back to mom or dad in a good family, a functional family. If you didn't have that, I'm so sorry. But in a functional family, you go back to your parents or someone you trust and, and you get some wisdom. You get some nurture, some love, some caring, right? Um, we should do the same thing. Jesus did that. So don't, don't go into places of condemnation about your own identity. Don't chuck an entire day or season of your life because you think you've blown how you lived it. You know, like when you went on the path, I've been on paths before and I'm, I'm not telling you 10, 20 years ago, uh, you know, probably within the past couple of weeks, you go down veins of thinking or whatever. And you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? When you have that, oh my gosh, how did I get here? Turn around and go back. And if you don't know how to go back, say, okay, Jesus, I I did it again. I have some patterns that are like part of my personality because I'm a deep thinker. So I'm not always deep thinking, you know, pure water, okay? Like there's other stuff that enters in because there's seeds in the world. You know, don't feel condemnation because there's seeds in the world and you unfortunately took some in. Just go to God. So um, that's the thing, moment by moment. This, if there's anything from this line of teaching the past month, every moment counts. Internal chatter matters. That's why the, the aspect about guarding your heart, guarding your heart, that doesn't mean shutting the door of your heart. Because, you know, paranoia will make you shut your heart. And then you can't grow either. So fear always messes it up. If you get afraid that if I get open-hearted, you know, some people are very open-hearted. Don't be afraid of being open-hearted. That went over like a lead balloon. Seriously, if you're a person that really wants to open up, begin to open up, but say to God, I'm, I'm going to be brave now. I'm going to be brave. And because I'm being brave, I'm going to experience some things that don't feel cool, but you're faithful. Something... Um, sparked when you said um, open heart is that sometimes when we try to open our heart, when you open our heart, we feel like, you know, you do it yourself. But that's not true. When you open your heart, we used to hear the word that when you're ready to be taught, the teacher will show up. And it's like that principle. And when you are willing to be vulnerable enough, then... There he is, you know, whoever, the Father God or Holy Spirit or Jesus will show up and he'll lead you, you know, and he'll give you just uh, enough to handle. He won't overwhelm you. I think that's the key. And he's such a patient and good father, <laughs> Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And it, it does sound like a sozo talk, but... The word of God does so to you. Yeah, it does. It does. Mm-hmm. 
and even JR has his own picture, and you have your own picture, and my picture comes in because I came from obviously different cultures, so sometimes those things pop up and does help me a lot. And, um, and while you guys are talking, when I thought about when you watch like a home improvement show or they're like professionals who come into your house to declutter your junk, yeah. <laughs> then those places that you, you just hear all the things, all the things in the closet or your uh, extra guest room or bedroom, whatnot, and even you're not brave enough to go in there to sort things out. There he is. He's the, pro- the professional organizer of your life. We show up and say, okay, let's tackle this room one item at a time. And he'll do that. I think that I'm in the process of that, you know? And then I think even like a verbal processing when you talked about, yeah, sometimes if you're like a person who would like to journal, yeah. and journal is a great way to I love it. process. If you're a painter, paint. <laughs> yeah. If you are very crafty in certain things, God will give you a way to build this thing, you know. And um, I don't know why, but um, one of my family members gave me something to paint. And it was paint by numbers. And I'm look- I looked at it like, I don't know if I want to do this. It sounds so one, two, <laughs> you have to find the color, two and three, and I, I've never done that. And so it sounds so out of box for me, and so I don't know what to say about that. I'll probably not say anything, but when I looked at it, but the picture itself was like, well, yeah, I could do that. And so... Um, to be honest, I got caught up in something else, so I kind of stopped it. But it did kind of calm me down, and then it, it kept your mind to stay on certain things. And it's so funny that whenever you are in that process, sometimes it feels like, wow, you are, it really catches your thoughts. You know, it's not like you're just driving 66, and then all of a sudden, the out of abundance heart I would not verbalize you give it that look. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like you really capture your, your heart and, and what you're processing in your head. But I think it's like what you do with your hand or your creativity, whatever it is that God will use you to go through season or teach you a lesson, then just yeah. be that open-hearted and just let it. Just let it let let him lead you in that, and does this make any sense? But I think it has a lot to do with your path, your walking, mm. and there's no repentance from God's point of view that you're doing anything wrong or you missed the boat or whatever. You know, I think God uses every opportunity for you to just yeah. walk the path that God has given you. Yeah. So, so every day that you're Living and breathing and winning and and being pruned <laughs> at the chat we talked yeah, the about. Chat. <laughs> yes. Chat. Yeah, it's all connected. Yes. So anyway, I like you talking about the paint with numbers because I think so often in life, as things unfold, we think they're not connected to what God's doing in our life, and even that the 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 numbers where she's incredibly creative and, and artistic and paints and does a lot of things. Um, so paint by number would seem like, seriously, what are you giving me, a kid's coloring book? <laughs> I mean, that's the thought. And yet when I was listening and she said that that it calmed her, there, the way that things unfold in our life, there is a way that God brings his order to our lives. You know, if, if you're military, you may think, well, order looks like this. Or if you're kind of a person that is incredibly bent, right-brained, um, I know I have a left brain, but it strains me to use it and because I'm just not a details person. And yet there are times where I must be that person. And that's the order of God coming to, to bring peace or to bring discipline or whatever. And I think if we begin to open-heartedly embrace... Um, 
And I'm not saying, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying want bad things in life. But when we learn to embrace what is going on right now and rise to the occasion in who we really are in God, he will bring order even to chaotic happenings by bringing his spirit, bringing some discipline, maybe bringing something that we would think seriously. I mean, sometimes people will give you something or do something or say something you're thinking, really, Jesus, are you joking me? And yet it brought calm. And so there are interesting ways. Even what would have been just a teaching from one person tonight, God chose to to spread it out and bring different perspectives. Why? Because you all are all different. You wouldn't maybe have heard something said by me that you could hear from JR. So um, I think even that, to be able to embrace life, even if you don't want to embrace it like saying, oh, I'm thrilled about this, but to say, God, what is here for me? What is the lesson here? Pastor Joan always says that. Wherever she finds herself, she says immediately to Jesus, what am I supposed to be learning here? Because he doesn't waste anything. And so those are the places where we really can express our faith. Did you have something? Okay, go. Can't fit it in there. It'll fit. We'll just do it. You don't waste it. What the heck? Uh, (laughs) You ever tried to explain something to somebody and they just don't get it? Uh They just don't get it. Oh, yeah. You can go around over here. You can back up, go around over here, and they just, you can draw a picture, and they just don't, you just don't get it. (laughs) Sometimes I think that's what we think when we're talking to God. Yeah. You know? We just think he doesn't get it. But God is like this. When you have a really good friend who knows you and thinks the way that you do, you start talking and the wheels in them start turning, turning, and you go back and forth and they just get it. You know, talking about, about sin and doing things wrong, I was always never one to talk to God about it. Then somebody finally said this out loud and I heard it. When I start talking to God about what I did wrong, that is not the first time he's hearing about it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's like, I got this thing I got to tell you. You know what I mean? I got this thing I got to tell you. He knows. So he lets you talk it out Mm -hmm. as much as you need to. And he listens. And he listens. And he waits for you to stop. Then is when the forgiveness comes. Then is when all of the, the good stuff comes. He gets you. I promise you, he understands you, but you just got to talk to him. You know what I mean? He, he's not hard of hearing. You don't have to yell at him. You, you know what I mean? He, he gets what you're saying because he understands. He wants you to say it and ask for forgiveness for us, not for him. We need that. We need that. And he wants to help us, and he wants to help us go forward. So he already knows. He already knows what the answer is, and he's on our side. So talking to him should be like talking to a friend that gets you. You know what I mean? That just understands you, that hears you, and they're like, "Uh uh uh-huh, 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 I understand, I understand. And then when you stop and take a breath, it goes, now let me give you what you need to hear at this point. I love that because, um, yeah, totally, because I was just thinking even about, and that, you see, this is the thing you can take, take a thought and say it. I'm taking the thought because I thought about, my relationship with JR and my relationship with Grace and both relationships are with JR. It's over 30 years now and it's close to 30 with Grace. And I probably have never set an official meeting time with either one of them. And yet if we need each other, even, even, you know, business wise with ministry stuff, we end up together in an office. There's just a way that you end up. And if I need to talk something through, I I sometimes will go to check on JR, just how you doing? I haven't talked to you for a few days. I end up sitting down and he's he's helping me. You know, there's there's just this, there is an unfolding when you trust God, life doesn't always feel fun. But he really does provide for all of our needs. And I think that's part of of what you know we want all of us to catch in so is let let our guards down embrace our own personalities and embrace the identity that that Jesus Christ has given us, that he sowed his life for, that Father God, I mean, even when you were talking about um, when I talked to God about it, it isn't the first time. I mean, 
What flips me out is when I find myself in a crazy place, I will say, wow, this is why Jesus died. God knew I would end up in this kind of a predicament before I ever did it because he, he knows what makes mankind tick. And how beautiful is that, that then he puts our lives together. Even I marvel at those of you that, that come faithfully on Wednesday nights. I'm so touched by that because I believe that you do recognize something's happening in your own life and you're important to this meeting. It's so imp- what you bring into this room, whether you ever say a word when you release your heart, and I've said this to you before, when you release your heart, it makes it easier for all the rest of us to release our hearts. And so even in relationship here, there are times that they intuitively know what I need and I don't even have to say it. Why is that, God? And he's building all of us to be those kind of friends, but not just to one another. He's building us to be those kind of humans in the world out there where there, there isn't, well, there is the omnipresence of God, but not the manifest presence. There are people in this pandemic, they don't know how to survive this. They, there are people truly losing their mind right now. They don't have a place to go verbally process because some of them are afraid to let their guard down because, you know, sometimes you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other because if you let your guard down, are you going to be able to survive the next day? There's, there's so much desperation on the planet. So, you know, we, we want to even do things like this, a different kind of teaching environment so that you can catch that it's really okay to do the truth differently than every other church person, okay? I mean, in fact, please don't do it like every other church person. Because then there'll be a lot of people that'll never be reached. They'll never hear the truth if all we ever do is talk our lingo. You know, that's why I don't want to, I'm not going to go out there and say about conviction. No, like, here's some questions for you tonight, even the end of our chat. What are you deeply convinced of? Some of it might be trash. Let the trash be annihilated by the truth in you, the truths that you're completely convinced of. What are you thinking about? Joyce Myers used to say, think about what you're thinking about. (laughs) Because sometimes the way that I think about even my life in ministry or the aging process, for about 10 years, God's really been ministering to me a lot about aging gracefully. I mean, I don't have to take everything that happened to my mom and dad as my aging process. No, no, because I know more about certain truths than they did. And I don't have to dress like an old woman and I ain't gonna. I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't care. But see, we have to get in, let that get into our Christianity, Like, you don't have to look like the average church Joe. There's people out there that will never talk to you if that's who you look like. They will be like, I'll put a cross up at you. Get away. Seriously. Because Jesus did not look like the Pharisees and the Sadducees thought he should. They said, basically, you are from Beelzebub. Do you know that that means Lord of the Flies? Do you know what flies land on? Come on, guys. They were literally speaking. They were dissing him big time. Well, he didn't lose his identity over that. He still went in and read the scriptures. In fact, said, this is being fulfilled in your ears today. But And he wasn't ugly. He wasn't ugly, but he was like, you want to confront me with truth? I'm going to stand up. And some of you may, around some of your Christian friends, have to stand up and say, Yes, I love Jesus. I love Jesus more than religion. I love Jesus more than religion. Anything in endings that you all have? No? You good? You have something? You got something. Are you kidding? Your eyes are like sparkling. Go. Um, You know, each year God kind of gives like word. And you ask God, okay, what, what do I need to dwell on? And so beginning of the year um, or end of last year, kind of the transition, and God talked to me about joy. And we all know the scripture, the joy of the Lord is in my strength. But 
but the, but then again, he cautioned me, and don't lean don't lean in or lean on how you have known the joy of the Lord yeah. is, because I'm gonna about to show you joy, being Jesus Himself. I okay, I'm saying this, but I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, well, I know the scripture about joy and then all that, but it's like He's saying. Every day, the pressure is not on me to try to figure out what the joy of the Lord is. Yeah. It is actually his goodness will show or find you places where like, okay, how about it? You know, it's like you have, we all know, I mean, you probably have all like your favorite drink end of the day, you know, just sit at your dinner table or couch or chair and turn like Netflix or whatever on and, and enjoy. And then just, it's, it's, for me, it's a funny thing because I may enjoy those kind of like the other, um, you know, the home and garden or whatever, the shows you're watching and all of a sudden the scripture kind of rolls up inside of like, and then it brings joy. And then, and then with that scripture, it's not like, okay, yes, you should confess the word over your situation and all that. But when you hold your grand... I love my grand, grandchildren, and, and when I hold my Ziki, and I look at him, and he's smiling at me like he's like a Yuma, you know, and I w- look at him, and I talk to him like a little whisper and with the scripture. Yeah. And he's like, how about that? Don't you love that word? He's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like a God. It's me, you know, talking to him. It's like, he's, he's, he's saying to me, okay, you know, you're like a... You're like apple of my, you're like the apple of my eye. Like, oh, and then like, oh, I can see myself from the head, from top of my head to the bottom of my soul. That I'm in that very the apple of the his eyes. That I'm standing in their circle right there, and he's encircling me. You know. So yesterday I had this like, although I was crunching numbers and everything, and I was like this like, oh, I gotta look up the scripture, and it was like a job. Zephaniah 3.17. And, well, CEV version says, the Lord your God wins victory after victory and is always with you. He celebrates and sings because of you, and he will refresh your life with his love. And this really struck me core because I don't have to figure out what joy looks like. All I have to do is just trust him and abide in his word, you know, and abide in the pictures God gives me in each day. And, and also, you know, when I was going through some tough times and um, Pastor Gavin always gave, you know, each day, how are you doing? And then he asked me, and then he says, you just eat the elephant one bite at a time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To me, that was like a life-giving word. Yeah. When, it, when whatever that you're facing is like, if it's overwhelming to you, yeah. then you just take one bite at a time. Yeah. And enjoy those pieces of like the joy, yeah. peace that God gives yeah. you through the word and scriptures. And, and, you know, it's kind of like really interesting to like acknowledge both of you in this manner. Both of you in this manner, but, you know. Um, we have deep friendships, but, but the fact that I was so tempted to hide, just hide away, you know, because I, wanna, I wanted to hide for whatever reason. You know, the hiding place can be a good place sometimes, but sometimes on purpose you shouldn't go in there because you get lost in your own hiding place. Because of the friendships, because of the living word, these are living word. They're like God's message to me every day. So because of their egging on, like, okay, come on, let's, let's walk. Let's do this today. Let's do this today. One day at a time. And the fact that I'm sitting up here itself is a miracle. You know, sometimes like my family was offended because I wasn't grieving enough. I'm not talking about my immediate family, but my other family members. 
But that doesn't matter because I'm the one who's, who's living the life with Jesus. And, and I know my, my kids are learning that by watching me. However, I do it. it doesn't mean I always succeed, but you just get back up and walk every day. Yeah. So thank you. It's beautiful. Um, we'll end there, but I just want to uh, even, it's so beautiful because you said, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And I had that in my notes. Um, but I, I was not feeling, okay, it's not time for that. And I didn't think I would share it. And yet, I think that's a good way to end because everything that unfolds in life and, and, and grace has had a huge loss in, in the past two years. And, um, and the, it is miraculous how, because she, but she took one bite at a time. So whatever's going on in your life, you take one bite at a time, one thought at a time, one word at a time. Um, God comes. And when you think maybe you're not going to make it or how will I handle this or you're overwhelmed, he does always come. And she's sitting here proof positive. He always comes and, and saves. Jesus is the Savior, not just when you're getting born again. He's the Savior so that anytime you feel that you're in a place that isn't born of him, he will birth you back into your safe place in your thought life. So um, we'll just pray now, but we, we want to encourage you, take life one breath at a time, one moment at a time, one situation at a time, and don't be overwhelmed. And certainly we're all here for you. You've got friends here in this group. Um, we have an open door policy, and there's nothing you can say that would freak any one of us out. So, um, you know, if you don't have somebody you can process with, you do now. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. You're so good. And and even the freedom that you give us to to process together like this in truth and, and to have what appears to just be chat times together. We just give you praise for that, Father God, because that that helps us to embrace our humanity. And you truly want us to do that so that your glory can be seen in a space where only you can do it. And we honor you tonight, Father God. We worship you. And I I just thank you, Father, for every man and woman in this room. I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. I agree and affirm what you are doing, the seed that you're planting there. I thank you, Father, for an abundant harvest for them that, that they'll have strength to not only live on themselves, but to share with others. And so Grace and J.R. and I just agree, Father, that what you wanted tonight is now seeding inside of this entire group, and we stand together for salvation in our region. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.